Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sweet Disaster Podcast, Ask the Coach. I am your host, Stephanie, and I am so excited to bring you an incredible new guest that we have here today. I mean, the the list of titles you carry, Michelle, is amazing, but this is our incredible host or co-host today um, and guest, Michelle. Um, Michelle, tell us a little bit about you because I know that there's so much and I don't want to miss anything that you do because you do so many things. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah. So I have my doctorate in physical therapy and I do online personal training and health coaching, really helping on focusing on women and their health. I'm also a mom of four. So I love helping other moms really find a way to get healthy in a way that's quick and effective because I remember after my third kid, I was going up a flight of stairs and was completely out of breath. And I'm like, I am way too young for this, but how can I do this? I didn't feel like I had any time. You're just trying to keep these humans alive. Or maybe you work and you come home and you have to do stuff with your house and you just don't see how you can fit it in. And it got me to thinking like, okay, going up a flight of stairs doesn't take very long. I don't need to work out for very long. So I started with 10 minute workouts and I started just making small tweaks in my nutrition. And then I was able to start feeling better and moving better all in a way that was pretty quick and simple and effective. So that's what I love helping other women do. I'm also a yoga teacher. So I love incorporating breath and movement and strengthening all into one thing. It can be an efficient workout, especially for people who feel stressed or feeling anxiety. Yoga is a great workout to help calm that nervous system and really connect some of these other pieces. That's so good. I mean, I agree. I was, I was the one, I didn't hit that point until I was after my fourth, where I was like, that's when I, I think I might've noticed it beforehand but I never really put it into like pay attention mode until I had my fourth. And I was like, well, I was pregnant with her. And that's when I knew my nutrition needed to change. I wanted to be able to breastfeed for as long as I could. And so I small tweaks, like you said, it's just minor little things that were super, super helpful and impactful, but yet easy to do. I feel like, do you notice with a lot of people that we feel like we overcomplicate this topic of getting healthy and it's not as big and cumbersome and difficult as so many people maybe portray it or it comes off as, or it can be because it's really just small things that we do every day. And like you said, 10 minute workout, small tweaks of nutrition, um, yoga, I know simple walk are absolutely but yet super impactful, especially for moms. But do you notice that we are overcomplicating it? I don't know if it's society or what is being portrayed as it's overcomplicated. Definitely. And I think it's, you know, we live in a diet culture and we grew up in it and most likely our moms did too. So we always think there has to be something rigid. There has to be something for us to follow super strict in order for us to lose weight. But it doesn't really have to be that way because for most of us, we may want to lose weight, but I also love helping people to get healthy. So getting healthy is more than just weight loss. So shifting our mindset to, I want to be healthy, not just lose weight. So I'm not going to try to find some quick fix that's going to be super strict. Maybe I'll lose a lot of weight, 
but typically you gain it back because it's not sustainable. So if we want something to be sustainable, typically taking a habits-based approach is going to find us more successful. And that means starting small. That means starting with a 10-minute workout three times a week. Maybe once you get that done, you bump it up to five times a week. Maybe that starts with, I'm just going to work on my breakfast and making sure that I'm getting a healthy breakfast that doesn't spike my blood sugar in the morning. And really starting with these small things. And that's where we find that it's a lot easier to sustain. And that's what we really need. And that's also what we want to model to our kids. So if we're constantly on different diets, that's what we're modeling to our kids. And then that's what they're going to think that they need as they get older and they start to embody that. So I think that's often overlooked, but we want to model what healthy looks like to our kids too. I, I fully agree that we are an example. What we, you know, just like you said, our moms dealt with the diet culture where, you know, working out and was working out was a punishment. Like it yes. was not to celebrate you. It was not to have fun. And, you know, like I just look at it as a celebration of what I can do, not what I have to do, but it's joyful. It's fun. It's, you know, it was always very laborsome, strict, and not enjoyable. Like, I remember my mom hating it. Like, she would go for a walk, but that was about the extent of, like, she wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, and yet, we we are, that's what we're emulating. And if we're sitting in that diet culture still, and we're like, oh, we got to do keto, or we got to do this, or we're talking over this, and it's not just a lifestyle of choosing healthier things, that's what our kids are going to see. And I know that's something that when I looked at my daughters, I said, I never want them to one, hate their own bodies. Yeah. Um, I want them to love themselves in whatever stage. I remember I was going through my first pregnancy and I had the worst depression at the beginning because I started mm -hmm. gaining weight mm -hmm. and how detrimental that was to me. And I, I would hate my body. I hated the process. I was so negative about it all. And it was all related to my weight. I never wanted my girls to be able to look at themselves and be upset that they're growing a baby. Like I never yeah. want girls. And so I said, I wanted to just be able to get healthy. Yeah. The importance of, I want to be there to get on the floor and play with them. And I want to be able to sit down and, and, be a participant, not sit on the sidelines because of my own health. Like, yeah. that's just not what I want. And so I 100% agree with you on its habits. It's what are we doing every day? Yes, though the flashy fabs might be wonderful and they'll get you the, like I call them the Insta fix, right? They're going to yeah. get you the results. But Three months from now, when you stop that, is it going to be sustainable? Is it going to be long-term success that you can carry this out forever and eternity? Um, I was, I recently created a book and it's called the 90-day uh, reset. And I, it's similar to 75 hard because I've had so many people tell me, oh, 75 hard is great, but, and I'm like, yeah, that you have to put the button it we got a problem, right? Like they're, they're like, I gained the weight back or this is like yeah. super hard and cumbersome and it's making me not like it. And I'm like, yeah, because it's unrealistic. It's not healthy habits to create it. But the 90 day reset is, is about 90 days, giving yourself a full time span to create a habit and a lifestyle. 
And it's eight daily tasks. I mean, it's simple. It, it's something as simple as, you know, eating healthy and, you know, getting active, reading a book, like what are we taking in that we're using? And do you, but do you notice, um, what are some of the bigger, the biggest things that you see clients facing when it comes to, aside from overcomplication, when it comes to their health, do you notice any like big trends right now? Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that comes to mind is I call it like the all or nothing mindset. And it goes back to this dieting idea. People are either all in or they're all out. So even with a 75 day hard, you're all in, you're doing something very extreme. And then when it's over, you're all out. Or it's yeah. like someone goes to a party and then they have a cake and pizza. They have more of them what they want. And then they give up after that. So it's sort mm -hmm. of that yo-yoing back and forth. And we really have to step out of that and allow ourselves some leeway. Like, hey, maybe I am going to have treats this week, but I'm going to be very intentional about when I'm going to have those and what they are and make sure that I really want those instead of just mindlessly eating. So really yeah. being intentional about what we want and leaving room for our life and celebrations and different things going on. And the other thing you brought up earlier was, you know, using workout as a punishment. And what will happen is we get in this really bad relationship with food in our body. So we eat something and then we say, we're going to work it off and we're using exercise as a punishment. And that gets us into a really bad cycle with ourselves. And also the other thing I see is just from the way people have grown up bringing those habits that aren't necessarily that good. So maybe they were part of like clean your plate club, or maybe when they were sad, parents gave them food, or maybe they celebrated all the time and had different treats and went way out. And we bring these patterns in from childhood and we carry those out. So then we go on a diet and we might be able to follow something, but then we fall back into these patterns. So it's also helpful. And what I do in my health coaching is working on some of these deeper things so that we can create new patterns in our brain. And I love that you're doing it a 90 day reset because typically it does take us closer to three months to actually develop a new habit and pattern. It's not that 21 day. Cause I think most of us can say we've done something for 21 days and it didn't stick, but the longer we do that, the longer we're building up that pathway in our brain of that new habit. So it becomes stronger and stronger and it becomes part of who we are because when these habits become part of who we are, we don't have to think about them. So if we get used to eating a healthy breakfast, maybe we have a rotation of three different breakfasts. Maybe we have a smoothie, egg bites, um, and something else. And when we rotate those three, it becomes easy and we don't have to think about it. We know how to cook it. We know how to make it. We know how to prep it in grocery shop and it just becomes easy. But when we start that, it takes a little more. We have resistance because we're not quite sure how to do it. We might forget to get ingredients and different things. So we really have to take this longer term habits-based approach and give ourselves that grace to live. Because if you have kids, things are going to pop up. Things are going to get tricky. There's going to be parties and we have to have some structure in what we want in our nutrition and our exercise, but we also need some flexibility and we have to learn how to be adaptable too. Yeah. I think the key point I hundred percent agree on everything is that grace, that is probably one of the biggest things that we forget and leave out when it comes to a health journey is that we don't give ourselves grace. Like, I mean, 
just yesterday, I sat here. Yes, it was my birthday, but I forgot to eat breakfast. We were trying to get everybody out of the house. And my husband's like, I've got breakfast for you in the car, but forgot a fork. Well, I'm like, I'm not eating it with like, you know, looking like a barbarian. Thanks. Right before church. No. So I didn't eat. And then I ate lunch and I probably overate a little. I won't lie. And then, <laughs> but that was like lunch. And then I had cake for dinner. So was it a great day nutritionally? No, it was horrendous. I probably ha haven't eaten that bad in a long time. But to think about it was different is that I gave myself grace. It was one day out of five years, right? Like yeah. we forget to just understand that, you know what? Today might not be off, right? might not be the best day, but that doesn't mean that it all went to nothing and, and we need to ditch everything and that I'm an unhealthy person. No, I mean, 99% of the time I choose the better option and I do the better things. But in the meantime of going from where you are now to where you want to be, I always feel I'm like, there's that yucky beginning because yeah. you're transitioning out of, of choosing something that maybe you've been grown up with. Like I had white bread every day, loved it, lived on it, could eat half loaves and not even think about it. And the one day I went and tried like a multi-grain bread or something. And I went, this is legitimately cardboard with seeds in it. What is this? And it was awful. But now, because I went back and went, okay, so that's not what I like, but what is? And I slowly transitioned myself out and into something that are healthier options. Now I look at that and I eat that and I don't think it tastes like cardboard anymore because I'm like, I like that option now. But we have to give grace and patience to understanding that it took us time to get here. It's going to take us time to get out of it. Yeah. And I think people also get confused. There's so much information out there and we're all, our health is a journey. So we continually have to work on it. It's not like we meet some magical place and then we don't have to do anything. We're always working on it because we're always having to fuel our body. Our body always needs food. Our body always needs to move and exercise. So it's a continual journey. And some people get so confused because then they start hearing like why they should eat organic food. Why is oatmeal good? Is oatmeal bad? Should I have more fats or less fat? And we start to get confused and not even know what to do. But I like people to start at wherever their baseline is. So maybe we have someone who is drinking pop or soda, depending where you're from. And we all know that's not good. But maybe someone needs to start with just going down to one pop or soda a day, then maybe eventually three. So even though soda, we can say is not that good for us someone may still have it in their diet because that's where they are because our health is a journey and we don't have to just jump off the cliff and give up everything, switch to all organics and do everything. We sort of just take a step-by-step -step process depending yes. where we are towards healthier. Yes. Yes. Cause I think if we jumped off the cliff or I personally have seen it in many of my own closet clients and my own self where you jump off the deep end and your body goes into shock. Like yeah. You end up hear about all the people who have the migraines because of there's no caffeine all of a sudden when they're an avid, you know, I've got four cups of coffee and three pops along the day. I mean, you're dependent on the caffeine. You can't just take it away. We have to think of it as that progress towards ha healthier, towards happier and towards 
life because like you said is it's not it's not punishment it's not a reward system it is it's and i've i've noticed this a lot is that i treat it as a relationship we we need to be loving ourselves and it's fuel you know you said mm-hmm. Is fuel. We need we need to stop removing it as the crutch or the emotional thing. We also need to stop the the um. Well, I ate this way, so now I got to work out this much. Like it's the if then thing. I think we need to just look at it and go. This food is my fuel. If I have mm-hmm. a car, I need to put gas in it. My car needs gas. Like I just if we take away that re that negative relationship at least when i started that's how i had to do it i had to fully cut the emotional relationship between food and i've had a lot of my clients do the same thing because they're so emotionally attached to it that you have to remove the emotions and go you're a car and you need fuel otherwise yeah. you're getting anywhere and do you notice that too where there is such an emotional connection first and foremost, that everybody has to mend or repair first when it comes to themselves, food, working out, all of that as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. And I have a podcast called Healthy Beyond 40. And I just did an episode, it's episode 49. And I talk about the five different types of eating. And like you said, the first one is for nourishment or fuel. And that's where we should be doing most of our eating, like 90 to 95%, we should be eating like whole foods, nutrient dense, giving our body what our eats. But there's also these other ones, celebration. We need to have a little time in there to do that because it's part of life. We want to make sure that we're not over celebrating because that's what our culture sort of tends to do, but allowing time for the celebration. Then there's that mindless or boredom eating where we're not even realizing we don't have anything to do. We just start eating and we don't even realize like how much we ate. And then that big one, you talked about emotional eating. And this is where I work a lot with clients or also like sugar cravings, that stress eating, we're feeling an emotion. And we basically want to avoid that pain of the emotion or even like anxiety. We want to use that food to calm us down because it releases dopamine. It makes us feel better. And then we're in this cycle that we don't even see, but we are using food as a tool, just as like someone who might drink too much, they're using the alcohol to calm them to fix some emotion or some pain that they're feeling. So we have to be careful with that. And then the other type of eating is like easy or convenience eating because we're all so busy that we just grab a granola bar, we grab whatever is quick or easy instead of taking the time to prepare things. But again, healthy eating doesn't have to be hard. It's just typically learning a few new things and then it can get quicker too. So I think really, if you are struggling with nutrition, looking into those and noticing where are you spending too much of your time and which one of those eating? Is it that stress eating? Is it mindless? And allowing yourself the chance to actually work through that. So maybe journaling, maybe working with a coach, because if you don't uncover your emotional eating and how to work through it, or you don't uncover what to do when you're bored, you're going to keep doing that no matter what diet, no matter what you're doing, that's going to keep becoming a problem. 100%. Now, as as somebody who has the wealth of knowledge you do, um, are you somebody who says, well, it starts in the kitchen or is it more of like you have to work out? Is it, a you know, like 
I know there's plenty of debates, so I'll put out both debates. Do I need to work out or do I need to eat right? Which one's more important to start with? And then the other debate that I want to throw out at you is, um, is it mindset or activity that needs to happen first? Like, which one is the bigger component? Yeah, great question. So first, I like the saying, you cannot outrun your fork. So meaning what you're putting into your mouth, you cannot outrun it. So when I like to think of that, like nutrition is a bigger piece because you can do all the exercising, but if you are eating too much and you're not eating great foods, you're going to be in this constant battle. So I think starting with food and some basics is a great way to start. And also when we talk about exercise, I like the saying um, from one of the metabolism experts, move a lot, exercise a little. So movement is getting our steps in, walking around the house, parking further, parking in a parking lot further away. Exercise is where our heart rate is up, our muscles are burning. So we actually want to exercise only a little because some people who start to exercise more is actually going to increase their hunger hormones and want to actually eat more food. And then we end up in this negative cycle. So we want stronger muscles, especially as we're aging, we want to put on muscle, but we want to move a lot and exercise a little. We want to focus on our nutrition and making sure that we're not using exercise as a punishment. And I do think for a lot of people, mindset can play a huge piece. I think it really depends on the person and where they're at with mindset and what their struggles are. And again, just like with the five types of eating, we got to spend that time to work through some of these things. And we don't necessarily want to because it's hard. It's uncomfortable. It feels painful. I'm going to have to change what I'm doing. And that's hard. So we try to avoid that. But when we can dig through these things, then it makes everything so much easier. Yeah, I, I love your saying can't outrun your fork because um, I just it's so true. We try so hard. And we think, well, in like you said, there's so much information being thrown out to everybody. And I think that it's about doing the research. And I know that some of it can be scary and it can be daunting and it can be like, well, there's so much information doing this and that. And like you said, is, is this okay? Can I eat this? You know, like one study will say that avocados are great for this, but now the next study says it's not good for this. And it's back and forth and there's just a lot of information. So I think my next question to you is, is how does somebody who is maybe, you know, busy mom starting to just go, okay, I want to be able to be like, we've said, just be able to keep up with the kids, participate. We know that the schedule is busy, but how do I take all this information in? Like, let's, to sink it quickly and easy for me because we don't have time to sit here and read half novels and, and get all the things. So where do we start? How do we get moving? You know, like I'll give my tips, but I would love to hear your tips also of where do we, where do we focus more so and get going? What, what are the bigger things to start with? Yeah. And so I do free health coaching calls or even before I start with a new client, we do a call And a lot of times when I ask them, they sort of know where they need to start. They might need a little help figuring out, but some people are like, I know I need to start focusing on my water or I know I need to start moving more. So a lot of times you sort of have the answer to where you start. So allow yourself to get quiet and think about what you need to do for right now in your life. 
Is that maybe moving more? Is that focusing on drinking water? Is that maybe cutting down sweets two or three times a week? Is it just starting with a better breakfast? Because there's so many different places to start. But -hmm. really, if you can just pick one spot to start with and stick with that for a month or two or three till it becomes easier, then you can add something on. So you could have a brain dump list of like, I need to work on this, this, and this. And just start with one or two of those and come back to that list. And I'll just give a couple more ideas. So if you don't have something in mind, you can get that ball rolling. Eating more whole foods and less processed foods. It's a really vague thing, but how can you specifically narrow that down for you? Maybe is it starting with one meal? I really like when people start with a good breakfast because it starts the day off right. If we start our day with a high carb breakfast, low protein, low fat, it's going to spike our blood sugar. And then I like to say we start the blood sugar roller coaster because then it's going to dip. We're going to get famished. Then we're going to feel like we need a quick carb again. So having like some protein and fat and something healthy for breakfast can be helpful. Making sure we're drinking enough water. It's like one of the simplest things, but people just feel so much better. So if you're someone who's not drinking enough water, that's a really easy one to start with. And like I talked earlier, getting more movement in. So walking, walking more, parking further, getting outside. And like you mentioned at the beginning, actually enjoying that movement. So maybe it's listening to a podcast. Maybe it's listening to music. Maybe it's listening to nothing, but enjoying that time for movement. Or maybe it's adding a little bit of strength training in because as we get older, we want to preserve or increase our muscle mass because our muscle mass is going to get less, especially if we are not doing strength training. So how could you add a little bit of strength training in? But again, with all these different ideas, what's that one thing you need to start with right now? Yeah. I mean, the one that blows my mind is always the water, like always the water, because I'm like, your body is majority, like 75% water. Why are we taking the water away and then expecting it to work? Like, it just doesn't like our brain doesn't work that way. Um, you know, you put water in, you prom I promise you'll have more energy. It'd be insane. Um, and I think that's just one of the biggest ones. And the other one that I will recommend is, is what is your sleep? Um, yeah. when I think we all forget about, and as moms were like, yeah, right. Sleep is a joke. I'll get that when they're 18 and out of my house. Or, you know, we, we forget that you can, you can still be a mom and make sure you can get a good seven to eight hours of sleep. And it means good, not where you're up and tossing and turning, not where you're all over the place. Like do the right things. Like I have a whole in, in the 90 day reset, I actually talk about how to get good sleep is, you know, turning your phone and devices off, making sure that you, you decompress before you try to put yourself to sleep, go to sleep in a darker room. Um, you know, don't turn your, and then in the morning, don't go immediately to your phone and keep it off on do not disturb for a while in the morning and get yourself moving. But we forget that we have to take care of us mm-hmm. and it starts with us because if we are not okay, we feel like, okay, well, I've given to everybody else, especially as a mom, we're like, well, I give, give, give. But then we put ourselves and our wands so low on the totem pole that now we're, we're hanging on by a thread. We're hyped up on more caffeine and coffee than anybody can ever imagine. Like we're, we're living on coffee and, and ice at this rate because we're just running and we need to take care of us because if we can't take care of us, who's going to, Yeah, uh, 
you know, I always joke around and I'm like, come on, the airplanes even get it right. They tell you to put your mask on first before you take, put your kids on. Yeah. Are you doing thing for you? Yeah. And I love that. And I work with people sort of of all ages. So I have a chunk of women who are like going into retirement and they're like, okay, I'm like finally ready to work on myself. You know, basically just like you said, I've been taking care of everybody else, ignoring my health. And they actually have a really hard time, you know, so Mm -hmm. they're retiring out. They have the time, but they are so used to taking care of everyone else, filling their time with other things, not prioritizing themselves that it doesn't really get easier. So no matter what we have going on, we have to prioritize ourselves. We have to prioritize that because no one's going to. I mean, my husband, I love him. He's a good person, but he's not going to say like, hey, did you get enough sleep last night? What can we do to fix that? Did you get your exercise in? Let's exercise together. It doesn't happen. It's it's me initiated. And that's what people have to start doing for themselves and keep it in a way that is simple too. Yes. That's so true. I mean, I love my husband too, but you know what? He's making his own plate and not looking if I got one. So I mean, love him dearly and they mean so good. And even the kids do and they all, but if we're not prioritizing us, we're setting an example for our kids of what a wife should look like, what a mother should look like and what the future should look like for them. And that's just are we setting the best example possible for them, whether it's our daughters, our sons, it doesn't matter, but are we setting that example? Because it's so important um, that we do this. And I, I find it interesting because I think I've met a lot of clients who are, you know, 40 and up, 45 and up who, like you said, getting ready to retire, like I'm finally ready. And you're like, this is going to be a struggle because they've already created such big rooted habits that I feel like it's harder the further we are in age to try something new, to change it up that we need to start when we're younger as much as like, I know we've heard it in, you know, every form of healthcare, you know, especially like you hear it in the makeup companies, you hear it in all these companies of we need to start taking care of ourselves younger because it's just so hard when we're older. You can't you can't come back from that when you're older. Yeah, our bodies aren't quite as resilient. I think most of us know that. Like if we take a fall when we are like 20 versus when we're in our 40s, it hurts more. Our body's not quite as resilient and we do need that time to take care of it. And I also want to go back to when you were talking about bedtime and sleep and just share my routine because I loved what you were saying because that's exactly what I have been doing. So at night, I have 8 p.m., no more um, cell phone, no more computer. I'm cutting that off. And then it's time to talk with my husband. Sometimes we do watch a show together, a lighthearted show, because I'm a sensitive person. It can't have drama in it. But we have that cutoff time. And then I'm in bed no later than 10. So I have these sort of strict rules for myself. And then when I wake up in the morning, I have an hour where I'm not on my phone or computer. So I use that time to pray, to read. Sometimes I'm doing yoga and moving. But I have that time for myself. And it really helps because especially if you want to get up in the morning and devote a little time to yourself to start your day off right, it starts with going to bed on time. And Mm -hmm. I do, this is a habit. So I take a habits-based approach with my clients and a lot, not a lot of clients, some of them, we have a bedtime. That is a habit that they do daily. 
because we need to start getting into that habit so they can do all the other things and they're getting enough rest. And we follow the cycle of the sun. So it's a little harder because in our modern day, we have lights, we have electronics, we have all these things, but our body wants to follow that circadian rhythm. It doesn't really want to be up till midnight to one till two. And so when we start to do that, our hormones and other things start to function a lot better too. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm the same way. My do not disturb goes on on my phone about eight, eight thirty. Um, <clears throat> I'm in bed a lot earlier than you. I won't lie. I'm in bed by like nine. Um, but my alarm goes off at four thirty, and I don't. It doesn't go off with do not disturb until seven. Um, and I will, like you said, I start with me time because I would rather wake up before the kids get, yes, I know that's cumbersome and sometimes difficult for a lot of us to do, but I would rather start it off fresh and, you know, doing something for me, pouring into me, whether that's like you said, scriptures or prayer or reading of some capacity or, you know, just pouring into me affirmations, something like that, getting moving. And then I can be mom, but I have to start with the center and the center is me. I'm going to go do something, but I think we also remember that God, like you said, flexibility. Because yeah, one night I might, I might have an insomnia moment and I'm up until 10. Um, does it make 4.30 come a lot earlier? Yes, but it happens. And then there's been times where that 5 a.m. I'm working out heavily and now I'm in this phase and stage where it's more prayer and scriptures and I'm working more on the spiritual health than I am on lifting weights in the physical of my muscle mass. But that's the difference is that we understand that the routine stays the same, right? I'm still blocking out Mm -hmm. that two hours for myself or that hour at the end of the night. Does it look different every night or every morning? Kind of, you know, and then there's seasons where some seasons you're doing this and another season you're doing something different, but it's still the same time frame, still same concept so that I'm not losing it. I'm not swaying too far because I know at least for me, and I know a lot of my clients who have done this, this same thought, like you're saying, the routine thought process is the minute they hit outside of that routine, they can immediately tell that they're off the routine. They're like, nope, this isn't working. Yeah. And I love how you brought up seasons because especially if we have kids that might evolve around the school year. And so each season that's starting something different, we need to adjust Yes, and we need, sometimes we need extra support accountability. We just need to know in our head, okay, I'm going to have to sort of reset and figure and tweak a little things to make it work instead of just giving up. So that's what some people do. It's like, oh, we got this, this, and they just give up. But when those seasons come, we need to adjust. And I think the other thing you brought up, I like to say this idea of tuning into our body and what we actually need, because we haven't really been taught to that. We, most of us might've grew up with the no pain, no gain, like basically where we're not listening to our body, we're pushing hard, we're working hard. A lot of people are very driven. And sometimes as moms, most of us have lots of lots of roles. We may be working, we may be staying home. We want to raise these good kids. We might have to sign up for sports. We have all these different things. And it's just a lot. And if we never take that time to tune into ourselves and what we need, and it takes, it's almost like building up a muscle. So if I go out for a walk, I usually pause, like pray just a little bit of silence. Like, what do I need on this walk? Do I need silence? Do I need a podcast and want to learn something? Do I need some music? Like, 
what do I need? And it's a skill, but when you can start to tune into your body and sense what you need, everything's going to be a lot more restful and refreshing, and you're going to have a lot more intention in what you're doing. And I think you, you, a topic that we might want to talk over in, and I think you would have a great input on is need and listening to what, what does my body need in this moment versus motivation? Because a lot of us are going to come up with the idea, well, I don't need, I, or I need a, I need to sleep in today. And it's really just lack of their motivation to want to get up to complete the routine and do the thing. I think that the difference, at least in my eyes, is that motivation is, is consistently doing the same, you know, doing something, right? Whether that's yeah. like the walk or a, a run or strength training or whatever, it's the, it's still getting up and doing at some point in time, right? But needing is different because some days I need the good hard run. Another day I need to rest and actually take the day off. And another day I need to be strength training because I have something else. And it's based yeah. on goal, but I also think it's personally, like some days I can't mentally be prepared for a strength training moment. I'm just not mentally there. I'm not mentally cleared. I need the run to go clear my head and be there, or I need the meditation versus a run. And we need to, I think that's something I would love to hear your input on need versus motivation in it when it comes to that. Yeah. And we're all different, but just if you have motivation or not, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to hit go and do it. And I think that's where, when you can develop that skill of tuning into what you actually need, the motivation, like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're motivated or not to do something, you know, what your body actually needs. So you've become attuned to like, Hey, when I go out for a walk, this is how I generally feel. When I go yes. out for a run, this is how I generally feel. And you start to notice and become more aware how things make you feel. When I eat a bagel for breakfast, this is how I feel. When I have a protein smoothie for breakfast, this is how I feel. And you're actually tuning into your body. And then it doesn't matter if you're motivated to eat that smoothie for breakfast. When you tune in, you can pause. You're like, okay, this is what I need. I'm going to have that smoothie. So I don't yes. know. Does that make sense to you? I think it makes it makes perfect sense to me. I I keep going back to need versus want, right? I might not want to go for the walk or the run or or I might not want that smoothie, but what does my body crave and need in that moment? That's a different situation and we need to be understanding of okay, well, I don't really want to sit down and make this thing or make dinner or make this smoothie, but my body is really craving it and it really needs this. I haven't, you know, haven't yeah. done this, that other in a while I need the reset. And, and I think the biggest thing for us all is we're sitting in a hustle culture of go, 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 go. So how do we take hustle culture, but still learn how to listen to ourselves and figuring out need versus want. How, what's your opinion on that? How do we take the hustle culture out of health? Yeah. And I think one thing is when you want to start tuning into your body is when you're doing things that are good for it, notice that goodness that it feels, speak it out loud and share it. Because a lot of times we don't tune into that. We don't tune into how we're feeling when we've taken better care of ourselves. 
when we go for a walk, we don't really notice how much better it makes it feel because we're drawn towards the negative. So Mm -hmm. when I work with clients, I'm like, what went well? I'm always asking the positive because I want them to almost build up that muscle of noticing what's good because then that starts to develop a little bit of motivation. When you start to notice those good things and how you feel, you're a little more motivated the next time. So really tuning into that. And our culture is so hustle. And I think it's even worse for moms and women, because like I said, we have so many different plates and so many different hats and typically taking care of ourselves is not on there. It's a really small one. And we have to sort of peel back and take a look at what is taking up our time. And we need to do this for each season and allow more space. And, and even like with our kids, I mean, all the different sports and then, you know, it's not just rec league, it's travel league and it's that much more time. And especially like I have four kids, I have one son who loves sports, but we haven't put him in travel league because we didn't want that on our family. And he's a pretty good athlete. And like, he could have, he could do really well, but we've decided to just stick with rec leagues and do that for our family because that's what the kind of space we need. And we have to get out of that comparison and what these other people are doing and what we really need for our family and what our family needs, not just what everyone else is doing. Which is so true. So true. Because so many times we will sacrifice our family and our family's health because Johnny down the block is part of this league or so-and-so is going here. So we need to go. And all the things. I mean, holy Toledo, we need to to take comparison out of our, our entire life. Like, not just health-wise do we need to stop comparing your journey versus my journey versus everybody else, right? But we also need to take it out of our families, take it out of our homes, because you need to do what's best for you and your family. And that's part of the lifestyle. Like we've mentioned the lifestyle thought process is that, okay, if your lifestyle doesn't allow, you know, something to work, it might not work for you. I I get that like 100%, but then choose what does work for you and make those choices. And in the comparison has got to come out of our families, out of our health, And just in general, we need to not worry about what everybody else is doing. (laughs) Yeah. And this like hustle pace, it's relatively new and relatively like new way that we're living. And a lot of us, my husband's in the military, so we don't live by family, but even other people who aren't military, like we may not have extended family bias to help us out. And then it all falls on us. And I mean, even with these travel leagues, I'm 41 now, but when I was a kid, there wasn't a ton of travel leagues. So a lot of stuff is really new in our culture. And that doesn't mean it's for the best. And we really have to, it's really hard, but we have to step back and look at like, what is good for our family? What do we need? What is too much? Where am I feeling like fatigue and low energy because of this pace that we're living at? Yeah, it it really is. I want to call it an epidemic. I want to call it a difficulty. I mean, we were military also and living in Europe was one of the greatest things ever. Um, Our our first duty station was Germany and I will swear by it a hundred times over. Um, Everybody's like, where, you know, which duty station would you go back to? I'm like Germany and Harvey, like pack me up, let's go. And they're like, why? I'm like, their, their society is very different. Their culture is different because it is a lot of you grocery shop for today. 
you go to the market, you pick up fresh fruit, fresh foods, everything is at the market. And so, yeah, you're only going, you're going every day, but it's to get the freshest products. It's not for it to go bad in your fridge. It's not to sit there. Like they knew we were Americans when I went grocery shopping for more than two days. Um, and it's a slower pace. It's, um, you know, roads close up. They roll up shop by like seven or eight, unless it's a weekend. And even then it's questionable. Um, it's a lot slower paced there. It's at least where we were, was a much slower pace. And we need to come back to that, that, you know what, it's, it doesn't, it actually doesn't do anything good for us in our bodies physically don't benefit from the go mindset because it's doing nothing but making us overstimulated and unable to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that experience. I haven't been overseas yet, but yeah, we definitely do not slow down on here. And my family, it's only been about a month, just a little over a month, but we're trying to do a whole day of rest where we're not, where I'm not working on my business, where we're not cleaning the house or going grocery shopping, but we're having that whole day to sort of rest and refresh, maybe eat together as a family. We might go on a hike or we might go do something but where we're slowing down and saying no to things and finding more enjoyment in what we want to do. Which is so awesome. I don't think we could have a whole day. My husband would literally climb the walls. I think if we had a day where I was like, we're not doing anything, he'd be like, no, um, impossible. Um, so now I have talked to a plenty of clients and I've used it for myself when it comes to like, other health issues on nutrition and how important that is. Um, because I was like, my thought is like, my husband has ADHD to tell him to not, not do anything would be horrendous. I'd have to be like entertaining him to no end. Um, but what are some of the, like, aside from scale wins, what are some non-scale wins that you're seeing of clients of, you know, people that you've talked to, um, when they start to to readjust this whole lifestyle and start to go towards the lifestyle and habits routine and step away from the comparisons and the hustle and start taking care of themselves, what are some rewards that you're seeing? Yeah, one super vague thing, but I hear it all the time is they just feel better. <laughs> they just feel better. So, and it's something that a lot of people want. They want to feel better. And when we start to take care of our health, that happens. Um, so of course people might lose weight. They might also lose inches or be able to fit in different size and feel confident, but also things like going for a walk and being able to walk a little faster and not feel out of breath or get up and down off of the floor or in and out of a chair. So simple daily activities start to become easier because a lot of people that I end up working with, they do want to lose weight, but they also really want to get healthier. And they usually have a goal or vision of like going on a hike or walk and not being the person that is holding everybody up or playing with their kids or grandkids and feeling good about it. And I think those are the things, if you have a goal like that in mind is to keep that in the front of your mind. So yeah, maybe you want to lose weight, but what is my goal that I actually want? 
And when we keep those bigger things in mind, that can be a little more motivating to us than, hey, losing the weight. Because it really doesn't matter if you lose 20 pounds. Like, it doesn't right. really matter if you go down a size or two. What matters if you feel better, if you can go up and down a stairs, if you can go on that walk and keep up with your friend, those are the things that really matter in life. And typically, the weight and the other things will come along with it. Yes. Yes. I think that's something, at least when I would talk with clients, they'd be like, okay, I want to lose 20 pounds. I'm like, okay, what does losing 20 pounds do for you? Because that's, yes, losing 20 pounds is wonderful, but that's not your why. Like, that's not why you're doing it because there's, that's just a goal. Like that's a, a measurable thing that you feel like you have to kind of say. And I know I did that when I first started, I felt like I had to say, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to lose this. And it was once I was like, okay, well, I lost 10 pounds. Now what? Like I wasn't looking at the goal in the right way of, okay, well, what do I really want? Right. What is this real goal that would be a true reward? Because that's what inevitably we're going for is that, that true reward of, okay, I want to be able to hang out with my kids and I want to get up and down off the floor. And I want to be able to, you know, my mom is now a grandmother and retired and she looks at it and she's like, I want to be able to be there for, you know, graduations and proms and weddings. And I want to be able to be there and not be in her case. She's like, I don't want to be a burden. And I'm like, first off, you would never be a burden. Thank you. But it's, I understand her mindset is she doesn't want to be dependent on somebody else just to go. She wants to be able to go. She doesn't want to have those restraints. And, you know, she's one of those people, like you say, who's over, you know, she's over 45 and, and things are just not like they were when they're 20 and that's okay. That's great. That's part of life. But how do we prepare for that is now in is, is thinking about, but I know I've seen many people who have come to me with, Oh, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And I'm like, okay, great. What else? I don't care about the scale though. Like, that's great, but I'm not having you look at the scale because that number will change and it will grow or different. You know what I mean? It'll be a different number, but what do you really want out of this? And watching the transformation, watching them not just achieve the health goal of yes, maybe the 20 pounds, but watching them be excited and pick up their kids. And I just had a client who had really bad um, knee issues and circulation things. And they were told that you can't have a knee surgery until you start to get healthier. And she's like, they, they're talking about healthier options with me because I'm finally getting there. And I'm like, that's what we need. Like, that's the excitement of, okay, I'm getting healthier. So now I can, we can talk about these other options for me. And it's not an end all be all worry of, you know, her biggest fear was always like, well, maybe I'm going to die. And I'm like, no, no, that doesn't have to be your fear right now. Your, your fear is whether you're going to miss, you know, tomorrow's play date. I want that to be your worry. Not, not the, that other one. Yeah. And I, people also find as they start moving their body and moving and exercise, strengthening, stretching a little bit, a lot of times some of their aches and pains will decrease or go away without any expertise help just sort of general strength training general movement and they start to feel better their body hurts less and then they can move more and then it's sort of that snowball effect too that I think is really important because if you are having some pain it can be really hard to get started 
Um, but working with the right person and making sure that you're moving and exercising in the right way can help you get started with that so you can feel better too. Now, I know for us military wives, it's a little bit harder to to keep to these things when we're moving as often as we do, you know, that, that thing. So do you have any tips of people who might be going through big transitions often, or, you know, just in general transitioning, um, like you're saying, you're seeing a lot of these people, you know, women who have now kids are out of the house, I'm ready to go. How do we go into these transition tier times and still keep in mind our health? Yeah, I think sometimes coming up with your non-negotiables can be good. So during that time, what's my non-negotiable with exercise? So maybe I normally exercise five or six times a week. My non-negotiable is going to be three times a week. Or maybe it's like only 10 minutes a day instead of 30. So creating some non-negotiables for you that you know you need during that time. Because especially when it's a high stress time, when we start to take worse care of ourselves, then there's going to be a little cascade of hormones that's not going to be good in our bodies. So what can I do? And especially when it comes with nutrition, like if you're moving or you might be eating out more, but what are some non-negotiables? Okay, we're going to be eating out because we're traveling three times today. I'm going to make sure one of those is a salad. Maybe one something else healthy and the other one like, eh, you know, I won't try to overeat, but I'm not going to worry about it. But when you create a little bit of structure for yourself, that really helps. And have that list written down. Know what helps to make you feel better so that you know what you need to be focused on because we can't focus on everything. We're going to have to narrow our focus on those few things that we really need to make our body feel better. So how do we get your expertise in our hands? How do we get a hold of all of the incredible knowledge and work that you do? Because I know there's plenty of women who would just love to sit down and be like, okay, so now where do we actually go and make this more of a one-on-one moment where we take this big scheme idea and turn it into more personal to their lives? How do they get in touch with you? Yeah. So one, head to my podcast, Healthy Beyond 40, click follow on there. And pick out some episodes where you can get a little inspired and motivated. And also, if you head to my website or usually in the description of my podcast, there's a free health coaching call. And it is not a sales call. It is literally just a free health coaching call where we talk about your goals and struggles and really figure out what that next one or two things is that you need to work on so that you have that clear picture of where to start. So you can find that on my website or in my podcast description. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for being on, for sharing our your amazing knowledge, because I mean, we could probably dig deep and really hard, but I love just getting people started um, because everything else about after they get started is very personal. So nobody is a one size fits all. Um, so guys, if you're looking for something, you need some more specific questions, or you just really want to hear something more, make sure you're getting in touch with Michelle again, follow her podcast, get on, you know, get online with her, make sure you're following onto this podcast also, uh, so that you're getting all of the information that you guys can to better step forward in your health you know, fully and completely and in the best way possible. Um, But again, thank you so much, Michelle, for being on. And guys, go get in touch with Michelle as soon as you can. Thank you. Bye, guys. We'll talk soon.